Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the First and Fifteen Podcast. I'm Joel Pulliam, and for those who don't know, the first comes from the First Amendment, which is the right to free speech, and the fifteenth comes from the Fifteenth Amendment, which is the right to vote. We're going to jump right into um, what we're going to talk about today. Uh, if you're listening, I want you, you know, close your eyes, and I want you to go back to the summer of 2020, right? Um... You remember with George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and all the countless of other black people uh, who were killed, whether by police violence or, or, or white supremacist violence. And do you remember how it seemed like the country kind of galvanized around uh, the, the causes for black people, for black lives? You remember, you know, people putting up their little black squares on, on Instagram and uh you know, Twitter hashtags going just crazy. You know, people thinking, oh, we're having deep conversations. I'm willing to listen to you guys. I'll do everything that I can to make sure black voices are heard. You remember that? You know, I, I remember me and I talk about this all the time. Me and my brother, we were actually walking down like um, it was a protest and we we're walking down uh, a white neighborhood, a majority white neighborhood, you know, suburb. And I remember seeing people with you know, signs that say Black Lives Matter, all types, you know, of people, you know, old white men out there with Black Lives Matter signs. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, they're cool with us now. But how long will this last? And the reason I ask you to, to remember 2020 is to make the point of how little has been done in the three years after. Right? What I feared back then in that neighborhood, it came to pass. For a few months, white people, white Americans, they were behind us 100%. But then you start to see, you know, that support kind of kind of drift away. You know, I remember the case of the black man who was shot by police in Wisconsin. And this is right before the election. And I remember uh, then, you know, the Democratic nominee Joe Biden saying, you know, he gave out a, a statement, but the first thing he talked about was not destroying communities. And while to the listener, it might not seem like, oh, that's a, that's not a that's not a big deal. It's still a good statement. Just the fact of a few months prior. The first thing he would talk about was the grievances of black people. But we kind of got pushed down to second. And the first thing he thought about, because you're close to an election is, you know, the buildings and you can't riot. And I knew then you might have missed a moment. You know, I, the kente cloth and all that stuff, that didn't, that doesn't move me. That doesn't move most black people. We can kind of see past all that. And so the question in the title of today's podcast and the question I want to ask white America is where are you now? What progress has been made to whether it's government, whether it's businesses, whether it's just on a personal person-to-person, day-to-day basis, like, what has changed for the better for black people? Uh, I look back, I mean, the big elephant in the room is, like, the George Floyd situation, right? That murder, while, you know, his family on a personal level gets uh, justice, uh, when Derek Chauvin and, you know, the other three officers, they're, you know, convicted and sent to prison, first of all, that doesn't make up for the loss of their loved ones. I'm not saying that. 
But I look at it now, but we got no legislation out of it, right? We can't, and you know, I'm going to be honest, we can't invite his family to, to functions and promise that we'll do something for them and then just forget about it, right? It can't be, and I, I know people say, well, you know, you don't have the votes. Sure, but there are a lot of things. Uh, with abortion, you have no way to overturn that right now, but we're talking about it. We have no way to overturn the Supreme Court decision, but the party is still hammering on it, and rightfully so. So why can't we do that for policing? You know, and, and the cases, they keep mounting up. Without a, a federal bill to, to reform policing, uh, we don't have a George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. It didn't, that's kind of like dead in the water right now. And without that, black people are still being killed. I'm also going to be very honest. Even when it comes to this administration, you know, you can't, Joe Biden can't one in say, I want to reform police, but then at a State of the Union, say, hey, we're going to fund police and give them more resources. You know, I don't, I don't need training to know not to choke a man out or to shoot someone indiscriminately. I, I don't need training. That's a matter of the heart. So it, it just reeked of that old, hey, we have to cater to the silent majority. You know, I'm sorry. That's just the truth. And it was disappointing because I expect better. Black people are, are still being murdered by police. You know, you have Tyree Nichols in Memphis who's beaten to death by five officers. And, and where I'm living now in uh, Fairfax, Virginia, uh, there was a, a gentleman named Timothy Johnson, 37 years old, a father, son, a brother. You know, police say that he, he stole a pair of sunglasses. And they chased him down and shot him in the back and killed him. And it took protests from his family and from those in the community for them to, you know, bring those charges and to, you know, put it in front of a grand jury. And even with that, in front of the grand jury, um, the police were able to uh, uh, state their case and bring whatever evidence they had, which was biased. And the grand jury declined to indict the officer, you know, and so... We had to raise more hell, you know, per se, and, and, you know, now there's a second grand jury. But you see, we haven't made any progress. We still have people being killed by police officers almost every day. And there's no national conversation anymore. It was like in 2020, I'm going to be honest, it felt like a trendy thing to do. Like, oh, well, I'm, I got a black square. You know, I got a hashtag. Hey, hey, look, I'm going to take a photo at this, uh, at this rally. Let me say something. I think a lot of people, and they get it all mixed up. At least me personally, I don't care what you tweet. I don't care how it looks on the surface. What I really care is that you change your heart and your mindset. It's not about what you hashtag. Everybody don't have to say hashtag Black Lives Matter. Everyone didn't have to put a black square because, can I be honest, it doesn't change a black person's life one bit. But it's the heart. Are you changing the way you're thinking? Are you changing your dedication towards the liberation of black people? And that is the problem that we have now. And we've always done this in American history. There have been moments of where, you know, white people are on our side. Here we go. Here we go. And then uh, you saw with Obama. Now in 08, 
you know, I we we felt like rainbows were coming and the and the the oceans were gonna part and there's, there's gonna be peace and harmony on Earth. And a lot of the people who supported him eight years later turned to support a man who is the exact opposite of Barack Obama, a man who represents everything bad about America. So it shows you the fickleness of of a white America when it comes to supporting black rights. And, you know, and, he, and when we're speaking about black rights, a thing that also hasn't gotten better is voting rights. You know, in 2020, we made a big deal about black people getting, you know, the right to vote. And, you know, we had NBA arenas helping people get out the vote. And that was great. Right. But since then, it's not the same push. The Voting Rights Act it was gutted even before, you know, with the Shelby versus Holder case. But we haven't had that push. And black people out here without protections in a lot of these states. You know, you look at Alabama. They're doing that. You know, they, they put out a, 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 a gerrymandered map and the Supreme Court strikes, strikes it down. And what do the, they do in Alabama? Well, they put another gerrymandered map. They, they didn't follow anything the Supreme Court told them to do. They defied the Supreme Court. And the governor is going to sign it. So you see the plight of black people are worse three years later. And it's not, you know, I'm not even blaming. Well, everyone's to blame. Right. Government's to blame. I would argue the administration has blame. Definitely Republicans have a lot of blame. Uh, America itself, its businesses, its institutions, its people. Even those on the side of good, not pushing elected officials and not keeping up the fight they're to blame too everybody has a, a responsibility in, in, in what we're going through right now i mean i can even look at at the economy right uh <clears throat> last two two months we've had an increase in you know joblessness and 90 percent now this is according to bloomberg 90 percent of those jobs that have been lost have been by black people and so what I want people to understand is that while on the whole, America has gotten back to normal. That doesn't mean much to black people and it's because normal has never meant good for us. And I think people underestimating. They overestimate our patience. And they underestimate our desperation for better. And I think they underestimate just how like the despair that people feel you know i hate to you know take it into politics but i'm just gonna you know facts are the facts um there is a poll from the new york times pretty good poll you know an a plus poll uh it's not just pretty good it's a good poll um and it was about like democratic support and they said uh that black support has gone down five percent at least according to that poll, and again, it's a snapshot, so it, it can change. But right now, it's gone down five percent. Latino support down five percent. Um, Non-white Americans with a bachelor degree, so with a college degree, down three percent. And non-white, and this is big, non-white Americans without a college degree has gone down seven percent. And it just goes to show, I think, a lot of people are underestimating how unhappy. I'm not talking about MAGA people like black people are. 
and just the lack of progress and, and the lack of attention. I, I think, like I said before, I understand, you know, how the Senate goes and, you know, the, the functions of government. I get it. I'm well versed in it. But I think people want to see that you're trying, you know, that their community is on your mind first and foremost. And I think that's the problem. Um, I just feel I, I think people have lost and we talked about it in the previous episode uh the jig is up people have lost faith they've lost faith in 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 government they've lost faith in the judicial system they've lost faith in policing they've lost faith in order in itself i don't think it's the same as 2020 where it's like hey trump is evil i mean trump is evil i mean he's still evil uh he's worse now it's not like 2020 where we were all galvanized. We were like, hey, you know, it's COVID. We're trying to get past this George Floyd. Man, we're together. Let's let's get rid of this fascism. It's not the same now. I think with people, you, you and this is just my opinion, you only get a certain amount of chances. You have those moments in time where you got to like, you have to meet the moment. You know, it, it'd be like, you know, when King and them do Bloody Sunday and they do the March on Washington and when LBJ gets into office, him not meeting the moment. I don't I'm not sure when that that moment would have come around again because, you know, Nixon comes around and, you know, Republicans kind of take hold for a good 25 years. So. And I don't know if America would have been the appetite would have been there I and mean, black people might have lost despair. You have to meet the moment. And I think that's the part that I worry about is that in 2024 a lot of people who were they're not inclined to politics were in 2020 because of the special circumstances and I don't think it's the same now in 2024 there's a lot more apathy and that's what you have to fight against is communities feeling despair and feeling like well we've done all this so what are we going to get out of it you know told you he's like the rest of them you know you just don't want that narrative going around and I want to challenge white America, you know, before we leave, I want to challenge white America at its core. Um, because I think a lot of people, and I wonder sometimes what were, were the, the marches in 2020, was it because you truly supported black lives or it was to rid yourself of guilt? Was it to look better or was it to actually better the lives of black people? Because even like when polling, when it comes to the support of of police reform and Black Lives Matter, it's it's nowhere near what it was in 2020. Even there are people I know that were like, man, we're gung-ho. We are going to amplify your voices. Nowhere to be found. Don't Won't even retweet a news story about police brutality. You know? It's, it's priorities in it, and it's they can pay attention to other issues, and rightfully so. But Black issues, eh, that's, nah. That's the part that frustrates me the most. You can't talk all that stuff in 2020 and say we're here to amplify black voices and you you letting go of, of your heads of, of DEIs. Yeah, I'm calling out businesses too. You can't say, hey, we're here to amplify black voices in our on our businesses, in our companies, but you're letting go of DEIs. And for those who don't know, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. You're letting go of, of, of minorities who can help give you a perspective on these things. You feel like, well, our job's done. 
The job isn't done if you still got Tyree Nichols. The job isn't done if you still got Timothy Johnsons. The job isn't done as long as Alabama's, uh, uh, they're signing gerrymander maps. You're not doing anything. So I will not give America credit for anything in 2020 because we got no legislation. We got no further as a country. I would tell you how we didn't get any further. We were from 2020 to putting people like Jason Aldean at number one. You know what I'm saying? Like, we literally went from, man, we are for inclusion. We are for black lives. Yeah, we love you guys. To three years later, hey, man, we're going to push a, a racist country song to number one in the Billboard charts. So we we haven't made much progress. It feels like we're on the precipice of, of like, a white lash. You know? Uh, it, it. Yeah, I feel like, like... You know, I'm, and again, I'm an optimist, so I, you know, I believe righteousness will win the end, but it just feels like that for 2024. And uh, I, I do, you know, if you're listening, especially, you know, white Americans, I'm going to be honest. Um, I did this podcast, you know, it's not just like an indictment of America, but it's a challenge to you. You know, it's a challenge for those who have privilege not to look at yourselves as the main protagonists, right? A challenge for you to help rewrite the book of America where you're not the main character. You know, I don't want you to just support black people when it's election season or because you don't want to feel guilt. I want you to commit your lives to making sure everyone who doesn't look like you receives the same benefits that you've been given. Because that's the way I live. I want to see everybody win in America. So why can't we get that in return? And, and I don't want people to just disapprove of injustice, but I want you to agree to tear down what holds injustice up. Because the momentum has died down. We have to keep pressure on people. You have to keep pressure on yourself to change and to not fall back into what feels comfortable. Because comfortable for America is white supremacy. And only then can we get the collective power that we need to actually create change, to actually rebuild, not just reform, rebuild from the ground up policing or how we allocate funds. They don't need more money. You know, we need to transform how we do everything. But you have to be committed to it for a lifetime to the day you leave this earth. Because, look, I have to live with being black and everything that comes with it and all the, 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 the structural challenges to the day I leave this earth. So all I ask is that every American joins us in that fight. Because right now, it feels like America's turned against us. And that, honestly, we're worse off than what we were in 2020. You know, and I look, that, that might bring down the mood, but I'm going to always be honest. We have work to be done. And so the question I want to ask you who's listening is who's willing to do the work. So with that, I want to thank you for listening. Um, please subscribe because we're trying to reach as many people as possible. Um, we're just we're trying to grow an audience because I really believe I have something to say to people. And I'm just trying to amplify the voices of those who, who aren't heard a lot. And uh so, yeah, please subscribe and share if you can to get the message out. Um, and I'll leave you with this one thing. There's nothing wrong with being upset because passion only means one thing.
that you're still alive. God bless.